You're listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and I've been dressing real women just like you for over 20 years. Now I'm on a mission to help women all around the world create easy, effortless style without confusion and overwhelm. If you're ready to create a wardrobe you love and feel confident every day so you can live the life you want, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, the show that teaches you everything your mom never did about getting dressed. If you are a longtime listener, you know it's been it's been a hot minute since we had a guest on the show. I took a break from interviews and just focused on solo episodes and wardrobe for a while. But you know what? I really, I really miss talking to people and learning new things and bringing you experts who can help your life be more stylish all across the board, whether it is makeup, beauty, family, relationships, whatever. So I really miss those conversations. You might not know this, but when I first dreamed up having a podcast, I wanted to call it Hey Linda. And I just wanted to interview all the interesting women, all the interesting Lindas out there that I could. I was really excited about this idea. But when I shared my plans, the response was not great. Everyone was like, that is so stupid. You are a wardrobe stylist. You should talk about clothes. So here we are. I absolutely love the Everyday Style School podcast. I love talking about style, but I do miss talking to other people. So we are bringing guests back and we've got some great ones lined up coming up in just a, just the next few months. I'm really looking forward to sharing their knowledge and their messages with you. But today, today, my friends, we are bringing our interview series back with our certified members of the Everyday Style Network. If you don't know what the Style Network is, let me explain. It's our stylist training and certification program that we started for a few reasons. Number one, we get a lot of emails and messages saying, do you know a wardrobe stylist in Albuquerque, New Mexico or Bayfield, Wisconsin? And 99 times out of 100, we don't. But what we realize is that sometimes you need more help than a guide or a class can give you, no matter how darn good those guides and classes are. You need someone standing in your closet saying, Linda, you do not need 12 black t-shirts, or you need someone helping you get ready for a job interview when you are afraid you're going to have to wear yoga pants and a t-shirt. So we wanted to offer a place where women could go and find a stylist, but I am so picky about recommending people. It is our name. It's our reputation. So I needed to make sure that the stylists that were on our website, the ones that we recommend really knew their stuff. And so I decided, well, if we train them, they'll know their stuff. And then finally, I get asked a lot about how to start a business or women will say to me, oh, gosh, I would love to do that, but I don't know where to get started. Could I really do that? Oh, I could never do that. When I started my in-person styling business 10 years ago, I had no clue what I was doing. I like to say I'm just the idiot who tried. I just jumped in with both feet and I figured it out. I learned so much along the way and I've always wanted to help other women who were just like me get started, but I wanted to help them avoid a lot of the mistakes that I made in the beginning because I simply didn't know better. If you know me, you know that I am a small business bully. I think that every woman is amazing at something and she deserves to get paid for it. So that's really how the Style Network started. I wanted a resource where our listeners, where you all could find quality in-person help. And I wanted to help women who were where I was 10 years ago. So Win-win. We have lots of stylists working their way toward their certifications. And today I am thrilled to have Laura Longmire and Allison Jones, our first two certified stylists with us, talking about their experience, how they got started, and their thoughts on style. Welcome, ladies, and congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm going to have you both introduce yourselves real quick. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Don't forget to tell us the name of your business, where you are located, and who you love to work with. And Laura, I'll have you go first. I'm Laura Longmire, and I live in Prattville, Alabama. Um, I am an Air Force spouse, a mom of three busy boys, and two golden doodle slash we're not sure what's. And um, my business is called Where Life Meets Style. And I love working with women who are in some kind of transitional phase of life, whether they've just had a baby or some kind of loss um, or even a move across the country, because sometimes there's a whole phase of redefining yourself in that or 
even menopause, um, because even being 42, I can actually relate because I've had a hysterectomy. So all of these things create mental, physical, emotional changes, and they kind of find themselves in a place where they feel at a loss. And so I love helping women dress the bodies that they have now for the life that they want to live as they move forward. I love that women's lives and bodies come with so many major, major changes that, yeah, you do sometimes have to completely revamp your wardrobe or, you know, you come out the other side a completely different person and want a different style. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. How about you, Allison? Tell us all about yourself. Okay. Well, I live in Northern Virginia, Manassas more specifically. I am married. I have an adult son. I also have a one-year-old son and I have a another something on the way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, the name of my business is Glass Slipper Wardrobe Styling. And I like to say that I help women who feel overwhelmed by their closets and underwhelmed by their style. And of course, anyone who comes my way and needs any sort of help with their style, I am happy to help. Uh, my favorite sort of I guess, stage of life. I, I like to work with mature women, um, I guess, anywhere from late 40s to mid 60s. I don't know. I just, there's something about working with women who are older than me. There's just always something to learn. I just find them so interesting and uh, we just have a really good time. So <laughs> I love that. You know, I, I worked with a lot of older women when I worked for Chico's and I was like 25, 26, but I had a clientele who was, you know, considerably older than me. And I loved it because they kind of had their time and space to focus on themselves again. You know, I love working yes. with young moms too. I mean, that is such like a whirlwind time of life where, you know, the body changes and the wardrobe changes are happening like every few months. Yes. And I'm in that. I know. <laughs> I know. I get that. <laughs> I'm so thrilled for you, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But there's something about like, this is my body. You know, I don't have to plan my mornings around what time everyone has to get on the bus. Like I can take a little more time. Yeah. That's just really fun. It's really fun. I totally get that. Totally get that. Okay, so one thing I'm really curious about is sort of your style histories and your style journeys. Like I grew up with a love-hate relationship with clothes. I loved clothes, but they didn't necessarily love me back. I had a really difficult body shape to dress. So I always felt like style wasn't for me. And then when I worked at Chico's, I learned how to dress myself and all of a sudden like my love affair with clothes was on and it was now a two-way street instead of a one-way street. And so going into owning my own business, I honestly felt like helping other women with similar struggles was a calling, right? It wasn't just like, oh, I could do this. But it was like, I wanted every woman to know that it wasn't her, it's the pants. Like I'm, a, I'm on a mission. So I'd love to know your style backstory, so to speak. And Allison, we'll, we'll let you take this one first. Well, it took me a very long time to get to where I am. This is a, my style journey was very slow going. So I, I too always enjoyed and appreciated style. Uh, when I, I remember when I was in the seventh grade, I asked my mom for a subscription to InStyle magazine. But uh, at that time, <laughs> it's like I knew it when I saw it. I knew good style when I saw it, but I didn't really know how to work it out for myself. Fast forward to when I graduated from high school, I was uh, pursuing a, a full-time career in music. Well, actually, let me go back before, before I stepped out full time. I was, uh, I was working at, as an assistant manager at Pottery Barn and Tyson's Galleria for all of my Northern Virginia people. And so my, my workwear at that time, you know, you can only wear certain colors there, gray, black, neutral tones. And I had these work pants that I got from Old Navy and I would rotate, you know, the same few pairs out. Um, every few days and didn't really replace them that often. And the hems started to come loose on them. And you've got that like crease there mm -hmm. <laughs> in the middle. Sure. So um, instead of being a grown up and getting them fixed, I would staple <laughs> the hems of my <laughs> pants. <laughs> and I would tell myself- Don't try this at home, by the way. Right? <laughs> I would tell myself- That is not a style tip. <laughs> 
I told myself that no one could tell, but you could tell, you know, that little staple, it hits the light. You can see those shiny things on your pants. And of course, they're not in a perfect line. Also, uh, Tyson's Galleria is a really high-end mall. They cater to a, a very high-end clientele. Mm-hmm. And we actually got a lot of celebrity clients in the store. And mm-hmm. I remember there was uh, one day we had Lloyd Boston in the store. And at the time, he was a style correspondent for the Today Show. And he had put out a few books on style. In fact, I owned one of his books was Before You Put That On, which apparently yet I read but had not put into practice. And I had on uh, <laughs> this uh, faded sweater that was pilling and... <laughs> Of course, I knew who he was, and I really wanted to go over and talk to him, but uh, I did not look the part, so I just kind of shrunk back, and I don't—I didn't quite learn my lesson at that moment. But that was, you know, one of those marks where it really stands out to me that I—I I was in a style rut, and I was not ready to stand out, or I wasn't in a place to be promoted or move to the next step in life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. Then a year or two later, I decided to quit my job, took a leap of faith, and I decided to pursue singing full-time. My mom wanted me to join the Chamber of Commerce as a way to network and be able to hopefully get some singing engagements. And there was this one day early on where she asked me to meet her at this ribbon cutting, and then we were going to go to lunch after that. And so I had kind of rolled out of bed. Again, I was in my early 20s. and I, I think I had wet hair, uh, this gray t-shirt that washed me out, and this jacket that should have been thrown out long ago. And when I got to the event, she introduced me to, I think he was in charge of all of the, the boys and girls clubs for the area. And he was interested in booking me for a few events. And, you know, we, we met and everything and talked a few minutes, and then I never heard from him again. I'm not 100% sure if that's why I didn't hear from him, but I think there's a pretty good chance because I, you know, I wasn't memorable. Why would he hire me? Because I kind of look like a ragamuffin. <laughs> and if I wanted to get serious about my career, then I needed to get serious about the way I was dressing and the way I was presenting myself to the world. So that's, uh, that's where it really changed for me. I just love when you hear about people that you would look at like, oh, she's a style expert. And you know that at one point they were stapling their pants. Right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love that. I love that because I never want to work with the expert who was like, this was always just easy for me. I don't know why it's so hard for you people. You know, like I, yeah, I've I been love an you expert are. who's been there. I love it. I love it. Laura, how about you? So I, I have always loved clothes. I've always loved shopping. That was something my mom and I bonded over and we would spend a lot of time, you know, that's how she lured me home on weekends in college was Dillard's is having a sale this weekend. I'll take you shopping if you come come home and visit. And so there was always, I've always enjoyed like planning outfits or that kind of thing. But I obviously had definitely looked back and, you know, pictures, one of the things I've um, shared with my clients and people that receive my emails is that I look back at pictures when our family took a trip about five years ago to England and Scotland. And I look at pictures and I think, I wish I had a time machine that I could just go back and like repack for myself. (laughs) I thought that I had done such a great job picking like things that I could, you know, wear more than once and versatile and all this stuff. But really I look back and I think, oh my gosh, like I look at the pictures and I'm like, oh, that's really sad. But I do love clothes and my mom, like I said, my mom, I I now realize like she remembered every outfit that she wore to every significant event in her life, including the first day of kindergarten, like down to stitching detail. And she just loved clothes. She loved like looking nice. She always encouraged me to dress well. And so I'm finding that I love working with women who don't have that kind of relationship with clothes or, or their moms didn't impart that to them because like, I'm getting to pass that on to other women and the way that she did to me. And I really enjoy that. I love that. And I know that you lost your mom fairly recently. Mm -hmm. So 
being able to share that gift. I mean, what a wonderful yeah. legacy to her. I just, I absolutely love that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And like I say at the top of the show, we are, we're the show that teaches you everything your, your mom never did about getting dressed. And my mm-hmm. mom, I mean, I remember being like nine years old in a fitting room and she's like, raglan sleeves look best on you. And at the time I'm like, shut up old lady. You know what I mean? Like, I, I did not want that old, I did not want that advice. And now I'm like, oh, I love a good raglan sleeve. Like she, my mom knows so much about clothing, construction, mm-hmm. style, all that good stuff. And I feel so yeah. blessed that she's given that to me. Well, and we, one of the things that my mom would do was we would hold something up and say, isn't this cute? And we'd say for you or for me. And so <laughs> I'm not trying to recreate myself or my style with yes. somebody else. I can yeah. appreciate that something is cute or, a, you know, a good look or fit for somebody else even though it's not my style or my fit. I think that's a hallmark of a really good stylist, right? Because so many clients that I worked with, and you guys are probably experiencing the same thing, are like, I like what you're wearing, but I don't want to, I don't want to wear that. Like, good. I don't want you to wear it either. I don't want, you know, a hundred clones. I want to be myself. I want to be myself. But I think a lot of women are really afraid that wardrobe stylists are going to come in and be like, okay, and now here is your uniform. Oh, look, it's the exact same thing I'm wearing, which is not the case. But that actually brings up kind of one of my next questions about, and Laura, when you said that you're passing on the knowledge that your mom gave you, when you're working with clients, Mm -hmm. and this is one of the things that I really miss about one-on-one styling, is that you get really connected to the struggles that women are having, the Mm -hmm. challenges they're having. And what's holding them back from having the wardrobe they want? So what has been your experience? And Allison, I'll throw Mm -hmm. this one to you first. What has been your experience in the women you serve? What's holding them back from having the style they want and the wardrobe they want? Like what's kind of the the top level stuff? Actually, I would say they they just don't know where to start. Like it feels very overwhelming to them and Mm. they maybe feel like they have to do it all at once. Like uh, I was working with one client and she had this Pinterest board and she was showing me all of these outfits and she said, I, I just don't know how to get this outfit. And so, you know, I would take them apart a piece at a time. And do you guys remember the TV show, the look for less? So on the look for less, they would go to a high end store or like a, a fashion ad in a magazine and pick out an outfit. And then they would spend the day shopping, going for each individual piece so that they could recreate that outfit for themselves. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm finding that the, the clients that I work with, that, that never occurred to them. They just don't, they think they're going to find this one ensemble at the one store. And when they don't see it, they don't really know how to pick it apart and piecemeal it together. So yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons I'm such a small business bully because women are good at things, but we don't understand that other people aren't right. good at things, right? Like people always say to me, because someone will show me like a sweater or a jacket and I'd be like, oh, this is exactly what I would do with it. Bum, bum, bum. And people are like, how do you do that? And I think, well, how, how do you not? Like, that's just where my brain goes. What could I do with that sweater, those pants, whatever? The same way somebody else plans a party. And I'm like, how did you think of those decorations? My mind just doesn't work with that way, right? Like that is it's an inherent gift and we have to start looking at our gifts as gifts, right? And I think that's one of the the things that holds women back from starting businesses. They're like, well, everyone's good at this. It's just shopping. No, I'm shocked at how much people hate shopping, how much people hate building a wardrobe. How about you, Laura? What have you found that's, that's holding your clients back from being where they want to be? So I think it can be really any number of things. Sometimes it's like fear um, or like Allison said, overwhelm or feeling like they don't deserve to focus that time or energy on it. And what I found is when we, it's like when you move into a new house, because I've done that a million times as an Air Force spouse, you move into a new house. If you move in and you put everything away in a place from the beginning and you create an organizational system, it makes it so much easier to keep that house neat and organized over time. Right. And then you're not spending so much time cleaning and organizing things. If we take some time, I mean, three hours to shop or go through a closet or whatever and figure out 
what's missing, what pieces work together, that kind of thing. Then that client is able to spend so much less time, not just in the morning getting ready, but throughout the day, picking at her clothes, worrying if she looks okay, feeling self-conscious. And she's freeing that mental space up to focus on the other things that she really does think are important in her life, that she really does want to focus on like her kids, her job, her spouse, you know, her home, whatever it is. And I've been telling clients recently, even, you know, the things that people say, well, I know I never, I never wear that. And I'm like, well, why would you leave it in your closet? All it is, is mental clutter. Even if you know, you're going to say no to it every time you come to it, that's still another decision that you have to make every single day. So why don't you make that decision one more time, take it out of your closet and be done with it. And then you never have to make that decision again. I mean, yes to all of that. And one thing both of you kind of touched on is that it's overwhelming to do this whole big thing at once, right? And I don't know about you ladies, but every woman I've ever worked with said, I just want it to be effortless. I want an effortless wardrobe. And I'm Mm -hmm. always like, look, Linda, the effort comes somewhere, right? Like you can spend the effort organizing the closet, putting the things you need in it, you know, shopping for the things, getting rid of things that aren't working. That's effort. But then you don't spend the effort the rest of the time. Or Mm -hmm. you can spend the effort every single day going, what am I going to wear today? I have nothing. Or pinning, pinning outfits you like, that's effort too. Looking at clothes or outfits and going, I would never be able to get that. That's effort too. Like pick where you put your effort because there's no such thing as actually effortless. Actually, effortless. And how we only have so much mental space anyway. And as moms and wives and business owners, employees, whatever it is, we're already trying to devote, you know, so much mental space to all these other things. And if we can have somebody help us clear up that mental clutter a little bit, then why why not? Yeah, no, I I, I hear that. I fully agree with you. One of the things that really surprised me when I started my styling business is that I, I was less of a wardrobe consultant <laughs> and more of a therapist who also yes. knew what to uh, <laughs> And you guys are both nodding at me right now. A yes. therapist who could also help you find pants. <laughs> are you both finding, I guess I know yeah, my answer, absolutely. are you guys both finding that? That it's bigger than the closet? How about you, Allison? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We tend to hang on to things and there's so much mental energy wrapped up in our things. And I, again, I don't know about the two of you, but working with so many clothes even helped my detachment from clothes even more. Like they're just things. Well, and I worked just just this morning, I actually worked with a client in her closet and she pulled a shirt out and she said, I, I'm really kind of only saving this because I wore it on my first date with my husband. And I said, okay, um, how do you, mm. do you love it? Do you, and she's like, well, no, I don't really wear it anymore. I mean, it's just sentimental. And I said, do you have a picture of you guys in it? And she said, yes. And I'm like, okay, then you don't need the shirt for the memory. Um, you, you have the picture for the memory and you can go, oh yeah, I looked really cute that first night we went out and the rest is history. Cause here we are with four kids. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I always say we hang on to things for two reasons, guilt and memories, right? Right. Guilt that we spent money on it or that someone gave it to us Mm -hmm. or the memories when we did wear it or when we could wear it. Those are the things that really keep women hanging on to things. Right. Yeah. They're powerful. They are powerful. So shifting gears, just shifting a little bit, I would love to hear what made you go, huh, maybe this is a business that I could do, right? Like I could be good at this. What was that process like for you? And Allison, I'll, I'll let you kick it off. Well, I, I think we, we touched on this earlier, but it's one of those things that you are good at something, but you don't really realize it. Like you don't really realize that this is something that other people struggle with. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to share this little story and it's, it's really silly, but uh, it's something I think about every day when I'm getting dressed. And uh, if you have ever seen the movie Saturday Night Fever, uh, the opening credits, <laughs> I actually, I don't even like the movie, <laughs> but I love the opening credits. So John Travolta is dressed to the nines and he's strolling down Brooklyn. He's got his tight pants on and his leather jacket. And he, he, is, he is actually supposed to be at work. So um, he, he has a, 
a carnival paint can in his hand and he's swinging this paint can to the music of the Bee Gees and he's picking up women and eating pizza. And there's this one point where he stops to check out his shoes in the store window and you just know he looks good. You know, you know that he knows he looks good. And mm -hmm. because he's so confident in the way he looks, he's just unstoppable. And <laughs> that's the way I want my clothes to make me feel. When you have on a great outfit, you just feel like you can conquer the world. And so every day when I'm getting dressed, I kind of look at myself in the mirror, my full length mirror, and I kind of ask myself, like, could I cruise Brooklyn swinging a paint can in this outfit? And if not, I, I need to change something, you know, like <laughs> add an accessory or change my shoes or something that. like that. And so I think I can help other women do that. I think I can help them to feel that confident when they leave their house in the morning. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. What a fun check. You know, when I, when I first started my styling business and I had been, I'd been out of the workforce for a little while. I, you know, was having babies and living my life in oh, velour yeah. pants, which apparently are back. Um, but I used to ask myself before I left the house, I'm like, would somebody <laughs> pay me for style advice, right? Like looking like this. Was, and if the answer was, mm, I don't know, I would go back to the closet and be like, okay, let's, let's mm. try again. That was always like my standard. But I think, could I swing a, a paint can down a street in Brooklyn yeah. is a way more fun test. I absolutely love that. I love it. it and also uh, going back to what we said a few minutes ago, like, um, you know, wanting effortless style, it, it is not always easy to, I, I call it the Tony Monero test before I leave the house. It is not always, has not always been easy for me to pass the Tony Monero test before I leave the house. That's the name of his character, by yeah. the way, if you haven't seen the movie. But, um, you know, the more I worked at it, now I can get dressed much faster and, you know, feel good. So even if you don't have it down right away, practice. Yeah. And it, it really does get easier. Yeah. That's such a good point. You know, when we talk about the style guidepost, my three words that guide your style um, from our signature style course, I tell people, ask yourself, do I look blank, blank, and blank? And if you don't, change it. And everyone's like, that feels so unnatural. Yeah, I know it feels unnatural. But over time, you just become that. You just have yes. those Tony Monero moments without being like, ooh, <laughs> what do I need to do to reach paint can level style, right? Like it becomes, <laughs> it becomes second nature. But everything that's new and everything that you're working toward is awkward at first. It just is. Yeah. You just got it. You know, I didn't ask myself, do I look like someone would pay me for style advice very long before I knew what things worked and what things didn't and which things I needed to add to my wardrobe, but you have to start somewhere. So I, I love that. So Laura, how about you? What, what was it like that journey from, okay, I'm, you know, I like clothes to maybe, maybe people would pay me for this. What was that like for you? So I, I had been thinking about it when I first heard you talk about the style network and I loved working with you several years ago in person and enjoyed that. And I felt like I could do it. And I felt like I was in a place where I kind of needed a change anyway. My, like you had mentioned, my mom passed away. My husband was actually deployed for the whole past year. And so um, I hesitated in round one because I was like, can't just trying to survive right now. Um, but round two came up and you sent that second email out. And I just told you like, look, this is where, where I'm at in life. But like, I really... I really want to do this. And so I realized the first question I would ask people when they tell me that they're either going on a trip or had someplace fun to go or something was, what are you going to wear? Or when I have something new on my calendar, my first question to myself is, what am I going to wear? And I realized not everybody asks themselves that, and at least not in advance. And a lot of people wait until the last second and then they feel panicky and they, and we've all had those moments of like two, two hours till we have to leave for the special event. And we're like, Oh shoot, I thought this dress was going to fit. And now it looks terrible. You know, you like, I haven't yeah. worn it since two kids ago and, yeah. and what am I going to wear now? Kind of. It has a stain on the front of it or something. Yep. Mm -hmm. I know that's right. Or now I guess I have to drive by the loft on my, on my way and hope I find something <laughs> and pull the tags off in the dressing room. So, and pay for it, of course. Um, 
by <laughs> full disclosure. Um, We're not advocating shoplifting. No, not at all. In fact, I have um, a friend and a client that just said, I said, you know, okay, she put on a dress and I said, okay, how do you, you know, and she said, I bought it for my husband's work event. I tried something else that I thought I was going to wear. It didn't work. So we went to loft on our way to the thing. And I bought this new dress just because I felt like I needed something else. And then she's never worn it again. So I found that I was the person who was putting the thought into it in advance. And so maybe there was something to that, that I could help other people do that too. And again, my mom, like, I feel like she created this great relationship for me with outfits and clothes and shopping. And now everybody walks away saying, oh, I don't hate shopping. It's not as terrible as I thought it was, or that that was really fun. And so if I can help people create that mind shift, then I'm a happy girl. So that's, that's how I jumped in. So a question that just came into my mind and I can't go, I can't move forward without asking. Both of you and I have talked about the importance of, of how clothes make you feel and how much better you feel when you like the way you look. And I mean, clearly I don't think Mm -hmm. any of us should be doing what we do if we don't believe that. How do you respond to people? Because I know you found them. You can't be a wardrobe stylist for two minutes without finding people who say, oh, what I wear doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you wear. How do you respond to that? And it doesn't have to be just to the person, but like, what is your Mm -hmm. sort of philosophy on it doesn't matter what I wear? I heard somebody say one time, you don't get dressed on accident. And every day when we put clothes on, we have something in mind, whether it's, I feel terrible today and I just need to be cozy so that I can curl up on the couch, or I'm hope I don't run into somebody at the store or whatever. Everybody puts clothes on with intention. And like you have said so many times, nobody's walking around naked. You do put time into getting dressed and and it really does matter because it's kind of a a chicken and an egg scenario because you feel better when you look great and in making that effort, like there's a, it's a reciprocal or a cyclical thing, I think, to getting yourself dressed in a way that makes you feel good and, and then feeling good about how you look. And it, it just spurs you on. It always, I see the way women light up when they love how they look or when they when they say, they'll say, I can't wear that. Or mm-hmm. I can't, I can't French tuck a shirt that looks, that would look ridiculous on my body. And then I do it for them. And then they go, Oh, that looks really great on me. I mean, just, I think sometimes that's back to the fear thing. I think a lot of times women are afraid that they're going to try something and feel silly or people are going to, you know, judge them for it or whatever. And I want to tell women right now that this is what I tell my kids. Nobody's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. (laughs) Amen. 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 What about you, Allison? Have you run into anyone? And it's usually not people I'm working with, although it was always shocking to be shopping with a client who's telling me like, uh, it doesn't matter what I wear. And I'm like, why are we here? If it doesn't matter, like, I mean, (laughs) why are you paying me for this? (laughs) Right? This is, this is not an inexpensive, this doesn't matter kind of thing. But I was even talking to someone the other day and I always find it's when I tell people what I do. And I told someone the other day, I want to make a shirt that says, yes, I'm a wardrobe stylist. No, I'm not judging you. You're, you're cuter than you think. Right. Because everyone has that like, don't judge my outfit. You're judging. No, I'm not. I'm not right. Don't judge my outfit. But the other response is like, oh, I don't care what I wear. And I always think it's a defense mm-hmm. mechanism, right? And maybe some people truly don't, but they always really need to tell me how much they don't care, which is always very interesting to me. But Allison, have you run into that at all? People who tell you, it doesn't matter what I wear. I don't care what I wear. And, and sort of what's your, what's your philosophy on that? Yes. And I feel like, again, that's coming from a place of probably just feeling overwhelmed and not really knowing where to start. So that's kind of just what you tell yourself. But, you know, just like when I was working at Pottery Barn and I was too afraid to go up to Lloyd Boston because my pant hems were stapled and there were pills <laughs> on my sweater, you know, or why when we have a big event coming up, do we, um, you know, like a a first date or um, like a formal event? Why do we obsess over what we wear? Because it matters. Yeah. And yeah, we, we, we show up by how we're dressed and we, we tell the world how to, um, 
perceive us Mm -hmm. by what we're presenting. So, so yeah, it definitely does matter. I love that. You know, I do think there are people for whom clothes and and wardrobe and style aren't as big of a priority, right? Like not everything can be. And yes, to those people, God bless you. Go with God. I fully support that. Right. That's when I say then I'm not for you. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, you know, my business obviously is called everyday style. I feel like people put so much into these big moments that are just moments, just moments. And they don't put as much effort into the 99.9% of life, right? Mm -hmm. Where we deserve to feel Mm -hmm. that good all the time. And that's really why my business is everyday style. I want women to have that Tony Manera moment Mm-hmm. Like walking into the gas station, right. you know, like walking in to get yourself a Diet Coke or walking totally. into your kid's school or going in the grocery store instead of having that, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's my neighbor. And you turn around and you hide like in the frozen food yeah. until they're gone. I want people to to feel confident because we miss out on so mm-hmm. much of life when we're hiding because we don't like the way we look. <laughs> so many. And it's it's the little inconsequential moments that add up to really a lifetime, really a lifetime. So yeah, I love, I I love what you guys have to say about that. All right. So now we're going back to the, the style network, because I wanted to ask you guys more about that. How did the style network training fill in the gaps for you and help you feel prepared to get out there on your own? And Laura, I'll let you kick it off. The training was really comprehensive. It, it covered styling clients, but also the business aspect. And Honestly, that was what I was the most concerned about um, was the business aspect because I worked, like I said, I worked with you in person when we both lived in Virginia and I've followed you ever since on social media and your podcasts and all these things. And so um, capsule wardrobes, all those things. So I felt like I had a grasp on not just my own style, but how I could apply that to other women, but, um, and I, and I had that personal experience working with you. So I kind of understood how to translate that into working with clients in person, but the business aspect was something that I was very unsure of. And honestly, I think doing it in a compressed time frame, so that I felt like instead of being like slow motion, we had the momentum to go. I felt kind of slingshotted, <laughs> Um, slingshot is that would that be the word <laughs> propel yeah, like I good, really felt like that's a good analogy, I had yeah. that momentum and I remember that like Monday after the training finished I was like both feet in jumping you know to get going so that I could get my business going I announced it right away hey this is what I'm doing now and I'm ready to go who's ready to work with me and so I, I just felt like not being this long spread out process of learning where I wanted like all the information right as fast as possible. And that's absolutely how it came um, to us. Good. Yeah. It's the business side for a lot of women. And mm-hmm. again, I think if I had started 10 years ago and I thought about all the things I didn't know, I probably wouldn't have done it, but mm-hmm. that's not my personality. And I'm just like, Hey, let's think of a thing and then let's make it work. And that doesn't always work out. <laughs> But, but in business, I I was able to learn the mistakes so that other people didn't have to, you know, I was very lucky that my business took off pretty quickly, but there was a lot of ups and downs. And I shared in the training a lot of like, oh, I wish I hadn't done this or, oh, this is the biggest mistake I made because I don't want people Mm -hmm. to make these silly mistakes that don't need to happen, right? Like some mistakes are super valuable lessons. Um, You know, when I hired a stylist and then she... Uh, (laughs) she emailed my entire client list and um, started her own business doing exactly what I was doing. That was actually a really important lesson, a really important lesson. But there's some lessons Mm -hmm. like I didn't start an email list for two years. That is not an important lesson. That was just stupidity on my part. And you guys, (laughs) you know, I hammered it into you from like day one. Yes. Before you have clients, you need to start an email list because I, you know, there's no point. There's no point in learning that lesson. It was just a dumb thing to do. Allison, how about you? How did it prepare you to get out there and and get going? Well, I'll echo everything that Laura said. And then beyond the live training where you gave us the the weekly business building lessons, that's been really valuable. So we know the live training is kind of 
how to do it once you're in it, but the business building, how to keep your business going, how to, to find clients and to make sure yeah. you keep the yeah. wheels turning. Mm -hmm. So, so that's been really valuable as well. And also another aspect that I have really enjoyed is uh, the community of other stylists that I have met through the training. Actually, Laura and I have I become that. really good friends and we talk on a mm -hmm. weekly basis and we encourage one another and we bounce ideas off of one another. And uh, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's not competition. It's not catty. Yeah. You're, yeah. Um, we're in this right. together and we're helping each other. So I, I have really appreciated that. I love that. And it actually kind of makes me teary because that was one of the reasons that I started this. Because when I started, I was all by myself. Mm. And it was like, well, you can call other wardrobe stylists in the area well, cool. They're my competition. They're right. not going to, you know, tell me their struggles or, you know, what are you doing to build your business? They don't want to help me build mine. I don't want to help them build theirs, mm -hmm. you know? So, and, and I, I met someone, she had a website where she kind of sort of like a news magazine type of website where she focused on family events in a certain area. And there, she had this network of a whole bunch of website owners that were doing kind of the same thing all around the country. So they weren't competition with each other and they were sharing ideas and best practices and nobody felt like they couldn't be open and, mm -hmm. and share everything. And I was like, I wish I had that because business yes. can be so lonely, right. so yeah. lonely. And, you know, I talk all the time about how my husband doesn't know what font to use. Right. My husband, you know, I mean, God love him. St. Andrew is like the best in the whole wide world, but <laughs> He's got to be like, oh, find someone else to ask. I don't know. I don't know what a good ROI on that Facebook ad. Right. You know, he just doesn't know. And there, there was a time where he was my only sounding board. And I found that in our marriage, the only thing you were talking about is like my business. Right. Well, that's not, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. So I'm so glad yeah. that, that you guys have connected and, and that the group is full of I see things like, oh, I have a client this mm -hmm. week who is yeah. this shape. Where do I find <laughs> jeans? Oh my gosh, so much easier than than going to every store right. and like just praying. Right. You know? Try these, try these. Fingers crossed. <laughs> try these, try these, try these. Oh, they must have changed that style, yeah. right? Like that's it's so good that you guys have each other. I'm just I'm absolutely thrilled. And more than even bouncing ideas off of each other is celebrating each other's wins yes. because my husband absolutely is proud of me when I do things in my business and he's been so encouraging and he talks me up to people and, and comes home and he's like, I think I got you a client, which is awesome, but he doesn't, he's never done his own yeah. business. And I told him, I said, I realize I'm not like flying a, a mission in a desert country and saving lives or anything. <laughs> I was trying to help him understand how I felt because I wasn't getting the reaction I yeah, wanted yeah, yeah. when I was really excited yeah. about something. And he was like, I said, I think it's like that feeling when you come home from a really great mission. Like I came home and I changed how a woman yes. feels yes. about herself. Mm -hmm. That's a big mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And so, um, so being able to share that with other women who are doing the same mm -hmm. things and understand what that feels like. And we can celebrate each other's wins too, which has been really huge. Yeah, that is really, you need people who get it. You need people who absolutely yeah. get it. And, you know, yes, maybe it is not flying missions in the desert and all of that kind of stuff. But one thing that we've talked about in, in the network group and in the trainings is that when you think about, okay, you work with one woman, she feels better about herself and, you know, she goes out there and she embraces new opportunities. That's great. But what if we were able to impact how 10,000 women felt about themselves. Yeah. Like what would change in families and communities and, you know, in women stepping, taking their rightful places at tables that they're holding themselves mm -hmm. back from? Like when yeah. you think of collectively what we can do, the more women we serve, it's really, it is pretty darn big. It you know, is. all the moms, even if we just help 10,000 moms feel better about themselves, what would the impact be with that? Like you can't even measure right. it. What yeah. if you had daughters who weren't being fed this idea that you have to look a certain way to wear a certain thing or, you know, mm -hmm. what if they saw their mom saying, I'm going to get in the swimsuit. Maybe I don't, you know, maybe right. I don't look at the way I did 20 years ago, but I know I have the best swimsuit for me and I'm just going to get right. out there and do it. What if That's they right. saw, you know, I, one of my most impactful clients was the, um, the woman I worked with. She did that whole like baby bunching thing and they had like four under five and 
Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And they had not been on a date in like five years. And her husband emailed me. Emails from our clients are great, but email from a husband that said, you gave me my wife back. She came home from the shopping trip and said, let's get a babysitter. I want to go out. Like, you can't tell me that's not important. You can't tell me that's not impactful. Goosebumps. I know, right? That story (laughs) always gives me goosebumps because a husband and wife reconnected. Kids saw their parents. That's huge. It's huge. It's huge. So don't ever think, don't ever think that you're just, just helping someone with her closet because- we know, right. we know it goes so much mm-hmm. deeper. So on a lighter note, what's been your biggest surprise in starting this business, whether it's working with clients or just starting a business like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how hard building a website would be, or, oh my gosh, I had no idea how easy this would be, whatever it is. What is your, what's your biggest surprise? Allison, we'll let you go first. Well, for me, the website actually was pretty hard, but uh, don't just go by me because Laura's website was up pretty early and it looked really good. So. <laughs> Oh, there were tears. I promise. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Now you know how to make a website, I, and that's super cool. I do, right? actually. That's, it that's is an important skill yes. to have in this day and age. Yeah, yeah, yes, it you is. Yeah, I think the biggest surprise is that I could do it. Yeah, even I could have my own business, and it it was really valuable to hear that from you when we were all starting out. Uh, that you don't have to have everything together mm-hmm. before you start, and I, yeah. I think that's what holds a lot of people back. Again, the being overwhelmed. You just take it one step at a time. You can start before you have a website. You can start before you have business cards. And you just yes. kind of, it's just one one stepping stone and then you go to the next. And so, yeah, it's it's not as, as daunting as I thought. Oh, I love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you wait till you're ready, right. you will never start. I would still be sitting here 10 years later, like, mm, I should do that. You know, <laughs> you just, you just do it. You just yeah. do it. And everything is a first draft. You're going to look back on your website in two years and go, holy moly, that was ugly. Why did I do that? You know, you're going to question all your choices and all of that. And that's perfectly normal and natural. And, you know, I'm 10 years in and finally have a website that I love. So hopefully it doesn't take you that long, but and yours look, your, both of yours look fantastic, you. but everything's a first draft. And, but right. you have to get it out there mm-hmm. in order to have the second draft in order to have the final version. Everyone wants the final version before they get it out there. And that's just, you'll never get out there and you can never impact women. How about you? How about you, Laura? What's been a surprise? Honestly, the amount of pride I have felt and, um, and the things that I've accomplished, like I went and got my business license one day and I just thought like, Oh, I'm going to run through town. It's an easy process in our small town. And, go pay my fee, walk across the street to the other, the city hall annex, do the, you know, whatever, go through the process. And when she handed it to me, I literally walked outside of the building and started crying. And I had no, I did not expect that. It was just this overwhelming feeling of like, I'm, I'm doing this. And it was probably, you know, a little bit bittersweet. I couldn't share it with my mom and I could share it with my husband over, you know, FaceTime or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there was a little bit of that, but honestly, just that feeling of accomplishment. And, and I'm not joking, talking about the websites. I'm not joking. I had friends over at my house when they pulled it up and it was the first time I actually saw it live. I started crying and it literally felt like when I found out I was pregnant for the first time. Like I did not think it was going to feel that momentous to me to, but I mean, I spent days working on it and all of a sudden there it is like for literally the entire world can see what I've been working on and putting my, you know, heart into the past several days or whatever. And so I, I did not expect to feel that overwhelmed and accomplished. It is a huge accomplishment. It's a huge, huge, huge accomplishment. And I hope you both celebrate yourselves all the time. I celebrate you all the time. You know, I'm always post- posting pictures of like, I had a glass of wine for you. Cheers to you. I toast, yeah. I always toast my stylists when we're out because I think it's just really amazing that anytime somebody takes the leap to do something, when you have that feeling of like, oh, maybe I could do this and you do it not only are you doing that thing, but you're giving yourself the confidence to do so many other things. 
Right. Because now, Laura, you can be like, well, I can, get, I can get a business license. I can do this. I can put up a website, right. Allison. I, you know, what else? if I get what this, can I can we do, do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I always say in our trainings that even if you go through it and you finish and you go, oh, I don't really like styling people. You know, sometimes you just get into it and you don't love it. You have all the mm-hmm. tools you need to do something totally different. You can yeah. start a cake baking business. You can start a party planning business. You can start an accounting business. You can do whatever you want because now you have building a website you can build for absolutely any business. I just, I, mm-hmm. I love that. Those are fun surprises for both of you. Second to finally, penultimate, <laughs> my favorite word in the English language, penultimate question. What would you tell other women who are listening right now and they're thinking, okay, well, maybe I could do it. Maybe if they can do it, I can do it too. What would you tell them? Laura, will you start with this one? Maybe you could. So at least look into it. If you're even thinking maybe, then to contact Jennifer, reach out to Allison or myself, ask questions. And and I know that Allison and I, we're happy to talk to people if they have questions or want, you know, okay, give us the real scoop or whatever. Like we'll, we'll tell you. Um, I think if you have, if you love style and you have a heart for women, this could absolutely be for you. If you don't really care about helping, if your heart is not like encouraging other women, this might not be your thing. But if you love style and you like walking away, like literally every time I finish working with a client, I'm like, I want to do this again tomorrow. So if you think maybe, then at least at least look into it, at least ask the questions to to help you make a, a decision, a better decision, because um, all it took was that one quick conversation with you, Jennifer, and you were like, yes, you can do this. This is this is the right time for you. And I was like, okay, I'm jumping in. By the way, I don't say that to everyone. I want to make it very clear that I don't, because there were a lot of people, I talked to someone, she's like, I don't want to be on social media. I'm not comfortable speaking to people. I don't like to do events. And, and I have a very small network. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that having any kind of public facing business is your jam. You're honest with us. And so totally. I, I knew, I felt confident that if you told me I could do it, that I could do it. I absolutely love that. How about you, Allison? Someone's sitting there and they're like, maybe I could start a business, whether it's wardrobe styling or anything else, or even wardrobe styling, whatever. What would you tell them? Well, I would say um, you don't have to go at it full force right out of the gate. I actually have another job. And so right now I'm sort of a, a weekend warrior. And again, I, I have a one-year-old and... Uh, you know, I get home from work and take care of him, get dinner on the table. And so during the week, I just don't have a lot of time, but eventually I would love it if this could be my full-time job. I would love to be the curator of my own schedule, but uh, right now I'm just taking it a few clients at a time. So you don't have to, you know, just bust out of the gate and be, have, you know, 10 clients a week, just if this is something that you feel like you have a passion for and you want to try it, I would say, you know, go for it. You can start slow and, and build from there. Yeah, I love that. Not everybody has to build an empire right out of the gate, right? I mean, when I started, and I, I say this all the time, I wanted to pay for my own hair color. When I realized it was, it was a lot bigger than that, right? I didn't like the fact that I was a stay-at-home mom without my quote-unquote own money, right? And I felt guilty about getting the expensive hair colors that I wanted. And I thought, well, if I could just bring in a little bit of money, if I could just, you know, contribute a little bit. And then like Laura, I was bit by the bug. I was like, I love this. I want more of it. But yeah, I I planned on starting small. Didn't end up that way, but (laughs) but that was my goal. That was, and yeah, I started with a one-year-old. So I totally, totally get it. All right, for real this time, last question. What is your number one tip for boosting your style that every woman should take away from this conversation? If they take nothing else of this very valuable conversation away, what should they walk away with? Alice, I'm going to kick it to you first. Well, can I cheat and do um, a twofer? Yes. I love okay. that. Please. <laughs> so I would say, say my number, uh, number one and two together tips for boosting your style is just... Um, Dressing to flatter your shape and making sure that your clothes are in good condition. Mm-hmm. You know, no pilling, uh, no stapled hems, <laughs> uh, no, no fading. You know, if you make sure that you know your shoes aren't scuffed, and uh, just making sure that your clothes fit you. I, I think that's uh, it's a really easy place to start uh, being stylish. 
I agree, especially with the condition of your clothes, right? Because it's it takes a little bit of time, in my experience, for women really to understand how to dress their body shapes and identify the things easily that work for them and don't, all that good stuff. But you can look in your closet right now and be like, oh, girl, no, no. <laughs> like, this has seen better days. It is beyond salvage. I'm not going to mm-hmm. take it to a tailor. You know, I carried this sweater around for I don't know how many years, and I was going to dye it. I was going to dye this sweater. No, because it had faded. <laughs> I was never going to dye the sweater. And finally, I'm like, I'm just going to chuck the sweater. But that's one of those things you can do right now. If you have stapled right. pants in your closet, <laughs> you... <laughs> Allison, you know, we're, gonna, we're not going to let this go for a very long time. <laughs> but... <laughs> hey, I just but shared it with the world. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We need to put stuff like that out there. Mm-hmm. People need yeah. to see that even those of us who were stapling our pants or, you know, I didn't know how to dress myself, there's hope for all of us, all of us. So yeah, but that's an easy one you can do without, without even having to go shopping. You just go to your closet and get rid of everything that, that is not worthy of, of you and the way you want to present yourself. Love it. How about you, Laura? You can have as many, share as many (laughs) tips as you like. Just go for it. There's no rules there. Well, honestly, a great bra. And I know that you're a huge advocate of this, Jennifer, and I actually am a certified bra fitter. I worked as a bra fitter for a while. Changing your bra to something that fits well and is comfortable is possible. And it will literally change your life. Um, It will make you look thinner. And who doesn't want that, right? Um, Not that there's any body shaming or anything, but putting, putting the girls in the right place will totally change. You can have you know, hang around the house outfit or a fantastic, you know, ensemble from Lord and Taylor. It doesn't matter if you have a bad bra, you, you are going to look frumpy. Mm -hmm. So, um, get a great bra, get fitted by somebody who knows what they're doing. There are lots of ways to do that. Lots of places and people who can do that. But if you haven't been fitted in a year, if you've gained or lost 10 pounds, if you've just had a baby or stopped nursing, get fitted for a bra. Yes. Yes. They don't come foundations for, for no reason, right? Like they, That's right. you have to do that. It makes everything you wear look better and look more expensive. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's shocking the changes that, that a good bra will make. Yeah. I mean, I've heard stories of women like literally in-laws at the Thanksgiving table, a mother-in-law saying, okay, when did you get a boob oh, wow. job? <laughs> and she was like, I, I just got a new bra. So, you know, it matters. I promise. If you're listening to this and you're like, but I have a small bust. I don't need Doesn't a good matter. Bra. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. My other favorite story is my client who was a 36A and she's like, I'm a 36A. I've always been a 36A, but she was like a size four, mm-hmm. right? She was very small. And I was like, you're not right. a 36. You're just absolutely not a 36. So I bet her my fee mm-hmm. that she was not a 36A. And she went and she was, as we all mm-hmm. know, a 32C because yes. that's the sister sizing thing. And she's like, I've never had a bra that was comfortable before. Here you go. <laughs> never. And I was like, okay, well, here we are. Here we are. So just even go. if you don't think you need a bra fitting, go get a bra fitting. That is that is an amazing place to leave our style advice. But before we go, where can people find you on the internet? Laura will we'll serve you up first. So my website is wherelifemeetsstyle.co. And on Instagram, I'm where underscore life underscore meet underscore style because somebody has taken it without the underscores and parked it with nothing. And yep. Facebook and Pinterest is where life meets style. Perfect. Allison, how about you? Uh, my website is glassslipperwardrobe.com. My Instagram handle is glassslipperwardrobe. And uh, my Facebook is facebook.com slash glassslipperwardrobe. Okay. I'm shocked that you got all of those, right? Because mm-hmm. and, and Laura, someone has taken that. But if you don't remember where the underscores are supposed to go and all of that good stuff... All of their links will be on our website on the episode for this or on the show notes for this episode on the website. Just go over there. You can click and, and get right over there. Also, if you're thinking, I could make, could I do it? Maybe I could do it. I encourage you to head over, same episode on our website in the show notes, download the free guide that I made for you. It's five things you need to know to start a successful, not just a styling business, a successful styling business. 
I'm sharing a few tips. I'm busting a couple of myths and I'm going to give you some tips that will point you in the right direction. That will also get you on the info list for our next round of stylist training, which will be in early 2023. We're not going to try and do anything over the holidays. It's just too crazy. Um, and I always say, if you're curious, you just owe it to yourself to find out. Nobody's going to try and sell you anything. You get information. If you don't want to talk to me, you don't have to talk to me. Uh, if you want to, that's cool too, but you owe it to yourself to find out. All right. That is it, friends. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I know I enjoyed talking to Lauren Allison so much, and I will see you on the next episode. And until then, stay stylish. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to head over to the website for any links, downloads, or resources we talked about during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com slash podcast and find the episode you're looking for. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our email list. You'll get a weekly style tip as well as links to my favorite product of the week to help make style even easier. It's an email you'll actually look forward to getting, so don't miss out. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.